You're listening to Guitar Goddess Radio with Azina, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Now, All right, so today we're sitting down with Susan Alcorn, the amazing lap steel guitarist, and we're just so thrilled that you are sitting down with us today. Thank you so much. Oh, Azina, I'm happy to do this. Thank you. We, I have so many questions. I don't even know where to get started, but I know we're tight on time. So why don't you just tell us why lap steel? Like, how did you get started with that? Was it a family member? How did you even get to the instrument? Well, the instrument that I'm playing these days is the pedal steel guitar, which is a descendant of the original lap steel that came from Hawaii or maybe India thousands of years ago. But uh, I've always been interested in um, uh, music that was slightly unusual or different from what everyone else was listening to. And I always liked the sound of the slide, the, the tiny little uh, microtones, the, the, the notes between the notes that you, you can get with the slide and, and the emotion that you get. And... Um, I saw Muddy Waters perform a few times in Chicago, and I would just look at him and, and see his left hand as he was vibrating the, the bar against the string, and there was just so much power and, and emotion, and it's like he said three books worth in, in one note, and I thought, well, that's, that's kind of something I'd like to explore. And then I was at a, uh, a nightclub when I was in college, and someone was playing the pedal steel guitar in a country western band. And I saw the bar that seemed to kind of float over the strings, and it just had this beautiful, beautiful sound. So I went out and bought one and tried to learn how to play it, and after all these years, I'm still trying to learn. <laughs> Well, I think you've more than learned. It's like you've mastered. I mean, I love like, you know, looking at some of the videos online of you playing and your fingers are like floating. I'm like, oh, it's, it's almost like you're, you're, well, it's not almost like you're actually massaging the strings, you know, and creating this beautiful music. And, you know, I'm just so, so excited, you know, and grateful that you do produce all this wonderful music because, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I listen to a lot and your music just comes from a totally different place. And, you know, you, you were saying you're in, you're inspired by so many different types of music. You know, what do you, where do you get your inspiration when you're composing? Well, composing for me is kind of a, um, I have a composing partner, which is, which is my instrument, the pedal steel guitar. So, when I'm massaging the strings, it's like if you're riding a horse, you know, you kind of, you know, you, you, you pet it, and, and that's my partner. So um, as far as composition, uh, I try to take into account the space, the, the musical, or, or just the, um, the area around me, the, the noises. Uh, sometimes it'll be a, I'll, I'll see a movie and that will kind of spark some sort of feeling. Uh, technically, I'm influenced by everyone. Uh, sometimes uh, Indian uh, classical music, sometimes Western classical music. 
uh, oftentimes 20th century classical music. Uh, Olivier Messiaen, Christophe Pendereski, and my, my mentor, Pauline Oliveras. That's wonderful. So those are my big inspirations. And when you're working on a project, you know, are you do the songs just come to you all at once? Do they come in pieces? Is it, you know, is it meditational? I mean, how how does it come to form for you? Probably in all three ways. Okay. Sometimes they, you know, it's like you get a melody in your head, and it's like you play it, and that's it. And then you wonder, wow, that just sounds so familiar, you know. And he's like, did anybody else record that? Like, did I hear that when I was three years old? Or, or, or am I going to turn on the radio and hear that? You know, then everyone else has been listening to it for two years. Uh, sometimes I get an idea and then I'll struggle with it for, for a few months. Uh, and as far as meditation, a lot of it has to do with being, I think, in in the right frame of mind, but persistent. You know, you can't always wait for inspiration, but you have to find some way to get into that space. And do you have a method, like, you know, every day you get up and you do this or you do that musically, or do you just allow the muse to to come? <laughs> um, I, I play every day. And, and I spend the majority of my time either playing music or recording and, uh, or editing. So uh, for the last six, eight months or so, I've been working on a, a new album. So I'll get up and I'll have breakfast, and then I'll do that off and on until 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. Wow. So, yeah, and, or if I have if I have an important gig coming up, you know, I'll I'll work slavishly on learning my part or the music so that hopefully I don't embarrass myself. And um, if I have an improvisation gig, which is most of my my performances, um, I work on the improvisations. If I'm playing solo. Um, I, I work on improv, improvising, I just practice it, which with that is part of getting into the, um, the frame of mind. But um, if I'm playing so, I also, I'll, I'll also do um, composed music by other composers, and I'll practice those so that I don't make mistakes, hopefully. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's blood, sweat, blood, and tears, or whatever it is. And how do you balance, like, your life? You know, you've got the musician life, and then you have the life outside of that, you know. And a lot of musicians I talk to, that's it's kind of a tightrope, you know, that you're constantly walking. How do you balance, you know, your life? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still working on that. Um, I have a husband who's, who's very understanding, and um, so he just sort of... You know, he understands the importance of music mm -hmm. uh, in my life and doesn't give me too much of a hard time. But then again, sometimes, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night and I've been doing this all day and maybe I should have some time with him or with other people. So, so there's that element to it, too. But I, I think whatever makes you healthiest as a musician and as a human being, 
everyone has to find their their own their own way to navigate that. Yes. In the river. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. You know, is your partner or your husband a uh, musician as well? No, he's not, and he's not even um, really. Uh, I, I don't think he would listen to, to the kind of music that I make if <laughs> if he didn't know me. I shouldn't say that because he sees it. <laughs> but um, he's he's not a musician. He's a photographer. Okay. So he's he gets he gets you know all caught up in that. Mm-hmm. So I think he understands that um, you have to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to find what it is you were put here on earth for and and what you and what you can give. And if what you can give is your music, then that that comes first. Thank you for that. That's so profound to say that because a lot of women are really trying to balance, you know, balance it all and do it all and and I think your genius work absolutely does come first and, and it's hard especially for women because we're always taught to give and give and, yes. and put others needs ahead of ours and um, so maybe there's an element of being selfish about that but maybe trying to figure out if it's a good thing and sometimes maybe it is well yes I mean we wouldn't have your beautiful music otherwise I mean I, I found you Oh gosh, probably a year ago, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you know who is this woman?" <laughs> and I started digging and digging and digging, you know, and learning more about you and your music. And I'm like, "Wow, she's incredible," you know. And I just feel so honored to be able to talk with you because you your music is so deep. It comes from such an otherworldly place. I can't even describe it, you know, and it's just so interesting to hear, you know, your influences and, you know, you travel quite a bit. And, you know, before we talk briefly about some of the highlights of of shows that you've done so far, can you share a little bit about that? Um, Well, I guess my favorite shows uh, for one are when people are listening when you you can hear that silence in the audience you can hear when when people are following uh, your, your every note or at least it seems to me like i can hear that and 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 that's such an inspiration because then it wells it wells up you give more to them they give more to you you give more to them they give more to you um uh, I played three years ago in, at a small nightclub uh, in Tel Aviv, Israel, with a quartet with um, uh, uh, the pianist Maya Dunyets and a an accordion player and um, a, a viola player, and that was. The music was so utterly gorgeous, so profound, so personal, so deep that I was afraid to play the next note because you know each 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 thing was to my to my ear just perfection and just total communication. Playing with another musician who who just has that 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 sense of communication. 
Uh, it's not necessarily about virtuosity, although that helps. Um, also, um, a few times that I played with uh, the accordionist Pauline Oliveris, the, the great, great composer. Um, she's the queen of listening. She has ears as big as the universe. She's wonderful. You know, and you're talking about like, you know, improvisational performance and it's so, I mean, listening is such a huge part of it. And I think in music nowadays, at least with some of the popular, popular music, more popular music, we're not really hearing people listening to each other. It becomes almost a competition on stage. Can you explain, you know, because we've, this magazine is mostly for musicians. Can you explain, you know, when you're in improvisation, just the whole concept of listening, you know, and taking it in before you respond musically? Can you talk a little bit more about that process? Well, when I'm improvising in, in a group, as far as communication between musicians, um, Usually it's it's silent, and then a first note is played, and then it may be me who plays the first note. It may be someone else, and then someone else will come in, or maybe everyone will will do it at the same time. That that happens as well. And then what I try to do is I I try to get a feeling of where that will go, a feeling of of. Uh, maybe what their sensibilities are, the other musicians, maybe a feeling of, of how, to, how to move that to the next, to the next session, to, to, keep it, to keep it beautiful. Uh, sometimes when things aren't happening as well, sometimes you have to kind of take charge and say, well, you know, I'm going to make it happen. One way or the other, it's going to happen because there are people listening to you. They don't want to hear, you know, garbage or, or noise or maybe bad garbage, bad noise. Um, so um, I just try to be constantly aware of, of what other people are doing harmonically, uh, what their, their feelings may be that are coming out, and also where to, where to take this section, you know, because you can't, usually you can't stay in one sort of groove or one sort of idea forever. So then you're thinking, okay, maybe now's the time to move it somewhere else. That's pretty much, as, as much as I can explain in words, mm -hmm. what happens when I improvise in a group. You know, it, it takes a lot of... Has to come from, always has to come from here, mm. every, everything you do. There also has to be a sense, I would think, of courage to get on stage and because I, I personally can't do that. I have to know, you know, it has to be recorded or rehearsed down to the, you know, the last note, what's going to happen almost, um, you know, for me to get on stage with my guitar there. It takes, I'm sure, incurable in, in just a ton amount of courage to get on stage and do something like that. Where does the comfort level come? Like where, you know, you're improvising and you're playing off of each other and you're creating this music. Where, where does the comfort come from? <laughs> um, well, I think if there is comfort, I think you always have to have a little bit of discomfort, you know, to keep that kind of energy going, yeah. that sort of nervous energy. But if there is a comfort, um, it's usually in the first 
two or three seconds after after I start playing. If I can feel that people are paying attention, if I if I don't hear people fidgeting, um, you know, if people aren't talking, you know, in the front row or in the back row, uh, then then I feel like I feel like everything will go okay. Um, I, I don't know why I have this feeling, but I, I just do. And if if if, uh, if I can sense that people are not paying attention, or perhaps they're bored with what I do, then I feel like I have my work cut out for me. And the half an hour, hour, hour and a half becomes a very long period of time. And then so, sometimes I play and I think, God, nobody listened. I wasn't in the mood. <laughs> and, and somebody will come up and say, oh, my God, that was so beautiful. You know, I was listening. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> because, you know, there's people talking, but there are also some people who are listening. And I think that is a, is a performer is an important thing to be aware of. And what advice would you give, you know, to some of the younger musicians who are watching this interview, you know, who are just starting out and they're, you know, starting to get a few gigs, you know, here and there and their confidence isn't quite there, but they're still working at it. You know, what advice would you give them? Um, well, the simple advice was is, is perhaps just to be themselves, which can mean almost anything, so it doesn't really say anything. But I would say have faith in yourself. Um, have, have your own vision, your own singular vision, so that when you're expressing that, you don't have to compare to anyone else. You're the best at being you. I mean, that's all any of us can do. With some of us, it takes a lifetime to learn. But the earlier we learn that, the earlier I believe we become accomplished musicians. Um, I would say listen to as many forms of music as you can, it, you know, everything. Uh, and, and whatever you're playing, always, always come from your heart. Um, because if you're not, what's the point? Why, why are we doing this? That's true. That would be my advice. Thank you. Thank you. Let's let's talk a little bit more about your instrument now. Tell us about more about your instrument. You know your setup. Um, do you use other pedals? You know, let's talk about the gear for a second. Okay, I'm going to try to put this where you can see the instrument for a minute. Um, is this working? Almost. I got a piece of it. <laughs> okay. So here, there we go. There's my steel guitar. You know, there's my wall. Okay, so it's it's basically um, uh, a guitar with more strings, sideways, kind of built into a table, with a lot of pedals going down. Now the pedals will change the tension on the strings, like a like a whammy bar. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can. Um, you can adjust how, how this is, you're seeing my messy, messy music room. So you can adjust how, how, how far the, uh, the strings will, will, will change pitch and that sort of thing. You also have a volume pedal. So with a volume pedal, you can play at, um, I can, I can play, uh, 
very, very, very softly and, and have, um, have my amp up full blast. And the softer you play, the more, the more harmonics you hear, the more, uh, you know, just the, the, the subtle uh, little communities of notes that, that surround every note that usually we don't hear. So um, uh, you, you play it, uh, you use a, a bar uh, to fret with, uh, you play it with finger picks, and uh, it's an interesting instrument. Um, the answer, this instrument, unfortunately, there are not a lot of women playing the pedal steel, but the, the ancestor instruments to this instrument were built for, were, were, uh, Traditionally, women's instruments, the uh, koto from Japan, the um, I forget what it's called from China, the um, vichitravina from India. Those are all so-called women's instruments, and um, I think the sooner that women can start playing more uh, steel guitar, I think the better it will be for music because I, I believe we have. Not that men don't as well, but I, I think we have certain sensibilities that, that, uh, that this instrument could really bring out. No, I absolutely agree. You know, listening to you play, I mean, even the, the slightest notes, you know, you have this little soft thing you do and it's just so sweet and then you've got this thicker, you know, harmonic thing that you do and I'm like, oh! You know, I just love it. I get so excited. <laughs> and I am thinking about uh, exploring more, you know, pedal steel because you're right. I mean, it's the perfect instrument for women. And it's not an instrument that you see a whole lot of women playing. But, you know, you do a phenomenal job. And I'm just so grateful for your collection of music, you know, to have it and to be able to hear it and to be able to pass it on to other women. Because a lot of younger girls have no idea what it even is. You know, <laughs> All right. you know so I, I think, you know, you're doing a, a amazing, amazing work out there in the world. And, you know, we definitely want to support you in any way that we can. Now, where are you online? What's your? Tell us about your website and how to stay in touch with you. Um, well, I have an email. I guess I'll, I can just give you my email address, which is sus453 at gmail.com, so you can email me. Um, I have a website, um, which is susanalcorn.net, and that has my contact info on that. Um, and also I have a Facebook page, so you can get a hold of me uh, any, any, any way, any of those ways. And if, if, uh, if I'm able to help in any way, I'm happy to do that. Well, thank you. Now, I have a couple more questions I want to ask you about teaching. Do you teach as well? I do. Um, I don't, uh, this instrument is not, um, you know, there's probably one pedal steel guitarist for every 10,000 guitarists. (laughs) So it's not like um, there's mothers, you know, banging on my door with their little children with with guitars. Um, So I'll have one or two students and they'll, they'll be with me for a little while until they learn what they want and then they go on their way. 
But uh, yeah, I enjoy teaching. And I think for a musician who teaches, the more you teach, the more you learn. Yes. I learn from my students. So I think teaching is, is a real, real blessing, a real gift. And where are you touring next? Where are you? You're always somewhere. <laughs> well, for right now, I'm working on my on my album, and I'm staying here. I'm playing mostly in Baltimore. Okay. So uh, right now, it's just Baltimore, the East Coast, uh, sometimes New York. Um, I may I may play in some in Texas this summer. But, um, Mostly here in Baltimore. Okay. Great. And, and what's, what, tell us a little bit about what's coming with this new album. Well, uh, the new album is it's an, it's an, it's a collection of, um, of uh, musical pieces by the um, Argentinian tango composer Astro Piazzolla. Ooh. Um, and I saw him once in 19... 89, 90, something like that. And seeing him live just, just changed my life. And I'm not always sure it's for the better because <laughs> I just consumed with trying to do his music. And so I'm, I'm working on an album uh, of four of his songs and one of my own. And um, uh, so I do that and I combine that with... Uh, free improvisation so it's a little bit of, of tango uh, what they call um, nuevo tango which is kind of we're sort of avant-garde tango and a little bit of uh, whatever sensibilities I bring to it Neat. you have a proposed you know calendar date in the future when we might see it I don't know <laughs> I do have a trio album coming out oh. uh, May 20th Okay, uh, that, that was recorded with um, Ellery Esklin, the saxophonist, mm-hmm. and Mike uh, Formanek, the bass player. So we recorded a, a, a live trio, which is coming out on the Clean Feed label okay. uh, in May. And then perhaps another one with um, saxophonist Evan Parker. Oh, uh, in sometime next fall. Okay. Wow, amazing. And will these be on your site as well where we can grab them? Um, I don't know. I will um I'll put links on my site. Okay. Um, but um that's as far as I know about it. Okay. Well great. Well, Susan, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, you know, recording your album to talk with me. I so appreciate it. I know that all of the people viewing this video totally appreciate it. Your music is just stunning. I absolutely adore it. And thank you for sharing, you know, more information about pedal steel and, you know, the history. I mean, you you just have a plethora of information and this interview could go on for hours and hours, but <laughs> I've already taken up so much of your time. So just thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing more from you in the future. And, and again, let us know if we can do anything, if we can post any dates on the site or any way that we can support you. Well, thanks, Asina. And, and it was, it was a true pleasure talking with you. 
and um, and also I think it's it's absolutely fantastic what what you are doing with Guitar Goddess and the service you're providing to musicians, especially younger musicians. And I think nothing but good can happen out of that. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. And you guys check out Guitar Goddess, and you'll be able to see this video live or not live you'll be able to see this video as along with read their write-up about susan and all of her works
just listening to Allegretto for David by Susan Alcorn. To find out more information about Susan and her music, visit SusanAlcorn.net. And while you're at it, why don't you go on over to GuitarGoddess.com and sign up for our newsletter. In our newsletter, what we usually do is give you opportunities to win prizes and merch and all kind of cool things. So make sure you visit GuitarGoddess.com and sign up to our newsletter. And if you're social, you can connect to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Guitar Goddess Co. And if you're listening to this later after our broadcast, please make sure you leave a positive review. And until next time, keep rocking. You're listening to Guitar Goddess Radio with Azina only on LA Talk Radio.